nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Rolling. Garage Logic. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 551, Feb 2, 2021. 48 degrees on this day in 1991. And 32 below on this day in 1996. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I haven't heard climate change brought up with the nor'easter that's hitting the country. Is anybody? I'm not. I thought I saw something yesterday. Struggled through a piece today in the Star Tribune and didn't see anything. Uh... Because this storm will not even make the top 10 in New York. I believe as we speak, there's 17 inches of snow. Let's use Central Park. I did my homework. There's 17 inches of snow in Central Park, and I'm being generous because at 10 o'clock this morning, it was 16.3 inches. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume maybe they, they picked up some more, okay? So there's 16.3 inches. Uh, that might not make the top 20 snowstorms in New York history. Uh, the first is... Uh, from 2016, they got 27 inches of snow, uh, and then, uh, well, 27 and a half. And then in 06, they got 29 point, I'm sorry, 26.9. Third place all time is 1947, 25.8. Fourth place all time is 21 inches, March 12, 13, and 14, 1888. Uh, then 2010, 1996, 2010, and 03. Nature is behaving the way it always has, and despite the news gathering institution's obsession with showing us the fact that it's winter, there is nothing that's changed in history, and we only have, go back to 1850. We don't know what kind of snow New York got in 1750. What has happened is more people are, are inconvenienced by major weather events, and at the best, this nor'easter is a major weather event but it doesn't even crack the top 10 in the city's history. So keep that in mind in case you get start getting gaslighted. Well, don't you think it's just the narcissistic East Coast media that thinks the world revolves around them? So anytime a bunny lets out a popcorn fart, yep. we have to hear about it. Yep. I mean, it's a good winter storm. It's a doozy. And parts of New Jersey really got hit. But it happens. It happens all the time. It's winter. That's what happens. Yeah. Not a damn thing you can do about it. And more taxes would not have prevented that snowfall. <laughs> more taxes would not have prevented that snowfall. 
John Kerry, you idiot. You can't spend money to stop nature. So it's all a scam, and I just love to keep pointing it out. We, we could save billions, Joe, if we spent that money. Well, because you get out ahead of it, see, and you put up a yeah, fence. Exactly. You know, we had eight storms uh, last <laughs> year, which cost America well more than eight, eight than a billion dollars per How storm. It's boy. far cheaper to recognize what's coming and cure the problem ahead of time. Cannot be done, you complete <laughs> moron. Oh, my God. What about uh, in any event, credits, this, this Joe, storm doesn't. Uh, in any event, this storm doesn't crack the top ten. And uh, you got 1888 and 1947 in the top four. So uh, again, I'm perfectly willing to acknowledge to you, euphorian brainwashed saps, that uh, me pointing out 1888 does not mean anything in an Earth that's billions of years old. But just remember that the Earth is billions of years old, and you have no bleeping idea how much snow New York City got in 1800. No one was paying attention because they weren't worried that they were killing their mother. Joe, I just talked to a friend of mine down here uh, on the Gulf Coast. Uh, his mom signed up to get a vaccine shot because she's older, but then she was able to sign her son up for a shot because he's a smoker. Maybe Kenny can use that. By the way, I can go get mine because I'm a bus driver, but I'm not sure which one I want. I think I'll wait and see. I haven't gotten it yet, and I don't think I'm going to get the COVID, or I've already had it. Who knows? Good luck, Tim from Bio, from Bayou, down in uh, Mississippi. Uh, smokers get it, huh? I didn't know that. Weird. Yeah. Well, it continues to be evident, as we discussed yesterday, that there really is no plan. And you're uh, you're pretty much on on your own uh, to uh, take care of you and your family and try to figure out how to get a shot. Uh, clearly, space management is a problem with this storm in the Northeast. <laughs> uh, three people are dead in Pennsylvania. They started shooting each other over their snow plowing argument. Oh, snow shoveling argument. Seems rational. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is in Plains Township, Luzerne, Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. Officers responded to a reported shooting on West Berg Street in the Hudson section of Plains Township around 9.30 a.m. Neighbors were just getting ready to shovel snow when they say they heard arguing, followed by a dozen gunshots. Jesus. Yikes. It was around 9.30, and I heard people yelling, and then I heard gunshots and looked out my window, and I saw a gunman, and I called 911, a witness said. Uh, one is in the middle of the street. One is between two parked cars. That is a husband and wife, said Samuel Sangladucci, assistant Luzerne County District Attorney. Police believe it started as an argument about shoveling snow, an apparent murder-suicide, a dispute among neighbors, Sangladucci said. Hey, it ain't that tough. You know, just shovel your snow and don't get in a fight. Police say the neighborhood was quiet until now. A complete and utter shock because this doesn't happen in Plains. Never did, so it's a different story, I guess, said a witness named Michelle. She was too shocked by the events to go on camera and was one of many who called 911. I was on the phone with 911 when I watched the person shoot someone again, she said. Wow. 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 You know, I think it's a sturdy limb that I'm about to stand on to say, you know, don't don't shoot the snowplow at the snowplow driver. But we can all understand the frustration, you know, when you clean the driveway and then here comes the snowplow guy around the corner and 
builds another hump at the end of the driveway. That can that can lead to some arguments. I well, you're you're making some assumptions there. That's this, true. Uh, this this sounds yeah. this sounds like it was uh, one neighbor's out there doing his driveway. Oh, and, and the other neighbors out there doing their driveway, and maybe one guy's snowblower was blowing snow onto the other guy. I and then gotcha. They, okay. Then they start arguing about it, and they don't know how to have fun with their cylinders. They didn't know how to be civil. They lost their moral and ethical integrity, and they start shooting each other, which also would suggest to me there are too many neighbors in this country who don't know their neighbors. That's a good point. Or maybe they knew them too well. Well, one or the other. But if you knew your neighbor and you knew him well, it's unlikely during space management, this isn't difficult, it's unlikely for space management to result in gunplay. <laughs> it really is. That was a frequent uh, argument with a neighbor of mine. Uh, he moved away about five years ago, but him and another neighbor were always arguing about where to pile the snow. And they were angry, loud shouting matches every time it snowed. Do you guys have, a, do you guys have the guy on the block who is better at space management than everyone else? Me. Yes. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. Was it you, Kenny, in Minneapolis? It was me and my neighbor, Steve, who is uh, from the other side of the aisle. But damn, could he manage his space well? Oh, he was a pro. So it was always a competition between he and I to get it done first and to get it done the cleanest. Go yep. right down to the concrete. Well, I'm going to top you. John, you got anybody in your neighborhood? Uh, pff, no, we're all about the same. <laughs> Uh, Reeves? Yeah, uh, my, my buddy Jason crossed the is way. He, is, he, is it right down to where you see every moment of the pavement? Not only that, inch? but he takes such pride in his uh, craft that he'll do everybody else's driveway. Yeah. And we're pretty much okay with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. yep. There's a guy, the I'm pretty what good. What he's done is cuckold you, is uh, what he's done. <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm very pleased with the current situation. I'm pretty good. But there's a guy on the block... And I think it's important to note that he's a former King Boreas, the King oh, of Winter. Oh. And it's not only perfect, he is followed by a, uh, a, 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 a either a son or a daughter who is manning the blower, the gas blower. Hmm. And, as he, and as he snow blows, the blower is taking everything behind him and getting it off to the side. And then yeah. they turn around and come back up. Right now, his driveway is no different than it is on August 1st. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's August how you do 1st. it right there. It is a handsome driveway. It is handsome. And he's out there at the crack of a snowfall. He's on it right away. <laughs> does he I work? Think he's, I think he's retired. Oh, I was going to say this. <laughs> And I, it doesn't put me to shame because I'm pretty good, but I can guarantee you it's put about everybody else to shame. Yeah. Because well, it's he just takes perfect. pride, as he should. Yeah. Well, space management, if you'll remember, had its origins in our understanding and belief that if we didn't go edge to edge and we got casual and careless about it, by the end of winter, we would have narrowed our driveway down to a one-car route. Right, and, and so we just you gotta you gotta go to the edges. You gotta go to the edges. This guy puts the puts the rods in the ground so he knows where the edges are. You know, mm -hmm. oh. it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. I'm giving him a Garage Logic tip, tip of the cap. Nice tip of the hmm. cap. It's just it's just beautiful stuff. Just beautiful stuff. Uh, we have had a groiny meeting 
uh, prior to the show uh, to promise you a 20, what would it be? The 2022 groinies? 20, no, that's the pretty 2021. Optimistic. Well, the, the groinies right? that occur in 2021 would be announced for their competition in January of 2022. Right. Right. Uh, but my promise to you as your mayor uh, here in Garage Logic, the seat of Gumption County, is to keep extremely thorough records. Uh, we, we have already begun that process. And uh, Chris is in uh, concert with me. Mm-hmm. We prefer that groinies are accompanied by audio. Uh, today we are serving up a groiny for 2021. No audio accompanies it, but uh, you'll understand when I get to it why she's completely deserving of a uh, groin kick. And so the uh, we're keeping better tabs this year. We, I don't think we're wrong in awarding the year 2020 a groin kick. Now, you might have missed all the individuals, and I apologize for that, but the year itself was deserving of a major league groin kick, and that was the winner, was the year 2020. After the winner in uh, 2019 was Ilhan Omar for Somebody Did Something. Which we mistakenly awarded to Ariva Martin (laughs) accidentally. Well, Ariva was certainly probably in the top three. I guarantee she won the silver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you want something done, this is, this is uncanny. This is truly uncanny. Yesterday we were talking about the government's incapability of developing a vaccine plan merely because the government is just too big and too multi-layered. They just can't get stuff done because there's just nowhere for the buck to stop. Mm-hmm. Now get this. Get this. We're going to go to South Carolina. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. When a South Carolina drive through coronavirus vaccine clinic got backed up, leaving people waiting for hours, the mayor of the town called in a professional to help, the manager of the local Chick-fil-A. <laughs> local hospitals in Mount Pleasant opened the clinic on January 22 for residents eligible to receive the first shots of the vaccine, but... Shortly after the drive-through opened, the computer system handling registrations went down, causing hundreds of people to wait in heavy traffic. That's when Jerry Walkowiak, the manager of a nearby Chick-fil-A, stepped in to save the day. When I heard about it, I called Jerry and asked if he would come and help us out. Mount Pleasant Mayor Will Haney told CNN. After he looked it over, he said, there's your problem right there. It's backed up because you have one person checking people in. Then he showed us how to do it right. When you need help, I guess you call the pro. With the, with, with, with the help of a few additional volunteers, Walkawiak, the Chick-fil-A guy, transformed the messy traffic jam into a smooth operation, reducing the hours-long wait to 15 minutes. More than 1,000 people received the vaccine that day, Haney said. When everyone returns for their second dose on Feb 12, Walkawiak will be back to help manage the drive through At Chick-fil-A, we're about being the most caring company in the world. And when Mayor Haney asked us to come over, we took a look at what what was their drive-through system, Wakawiak told news station WCBD. We saw a little hiccup in their drive-through, and we needed to uh, get some more people, so we gathered some of the wonderful rotary volunteers and went down there and just was able to expand the registration. 
More than 29 million went from whom? I just got a phone call. Okay, that's that's it. Isn't that something? It 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 just took the eyes of a different person, non-government, to see. Well, wait a minute here. You're doing it all wrong. You don't have enough people yeah. checking people in. It was our mm-hmm. theme yesterday. Private yeah. sector always prevails. But it, the, and I don't want to diminish this guy or his accomplishments or anything that happened there. But doesn't that sound like something that? Any dumb boob could see for himself. You would think so. Yeah. You would absolutely think so. Yeah. Uh, Chick Fil A does then. run a cool drive-through, though. They have one up here in my neck yeah. of the woods, and they have people along the drive-through. There's two lines, so it's just boom, 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 and you're done. You're well, through. they know how to make money. So it's money. way different than you know, I don't know, McDonald's or whatever. Way huh. different. What, are they forwarding your order to the proper authorities? That's that's correct. There's an outdoor booth right in the middle of the line before you order, asking your name. They get your name and everything. Then there's another booth after you order that you pay. So you drive right up to the window. They hand you your food, and you're through. So it's a, a two-minute operation as opposed to, you know, five to ten. Well, let's break that down. Let's break that down. Chick-fil-A went an extra step. Mm-hmm. The default position is, uh, in, in the drive-ins I've experienced in my life, the default position is you stop at this big menu board yep. and you press a button and you're talking to somebody inside the place and you place your order. Uh, mm-hmm. But that doesn't, that doesn't equate to speed. Uh, you still be waiting for five cars ahead of you to get your stuff. Chick-fil-A said, let's figure this out. So we'll put a middleman out there. I don't know how that works, John, but the middleman obviously speeds things up. Very much so. In fact, they, the last time I was there, which was about two weeks ago, they had five people outside. No kidding. Be- before you get to the window. What? Wow. And it was, it was like boom, boom, boom. Every, okay, but let's help, help us understand mm-hmm. how that works. Why does that work? What are they, what, what's happening uh, there? We stopped at the first one where normally you'd hit the button like you said. Yep, that's there the big an, menu board. Yep, there's an employee there, asked what you'd like. Yep. Told them what we'd like. Uh, they take your name, John. My name is John. Yes, it is. Uh, we, we go up about 10 more feet. There's a fella sitting there with a cash register. You pay him. Boom, boom, boom. You get up to the window. They hand you your food. Well, so it's, instead of having to do everything at one window uh, and having to sit and wait for your food, too, your food they is They compartmentalized done. it. Well... Fellas, not to d- diminish that, but I go to plenty of fast food joints where they do that already. There's two menu boards, really? two lines to two menu boards. You merge into one, you stop at a pay window, and then you go ahead to the pickup window. And if they're still well, late, you, know you, pull ahead, right. you pull <laughs> ahead and you park and they walk your stuff out if your stuff is taking a long time to prepare. That's true, and you're right. Usually it's indoors as opposed to the outdoors, I guess. That's the only difference. Well, the I people wanna, at Chick-fil-A were outdoor. I don't want to you know, dwell on this too long. Well, <laughs> it's too late for that. We're breaking well, it down here. <laughs> well, we are. But, okay, what, what lesson can the government learn from that? Right. That's the point. Be, yep. be efficient. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a gargantuan task. I'm going to give the mm-hmm. government that. It's a Herculean task. Yeah. We're too big. We're too many people. I, I do. Uh, you know, as long as you brought this up, uh, can I throw out a correction from yesterday's show? You may. Chris, sorry. What well, I, 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 heard, I heard Chris say 55 million federal employees. Oh, I thought that is okay. impossible. Okay. 
That's impossible. No. I got some emails so, on that yeah, for today's correction. You did, okay. Yeah, but All go right. ahead, John, you do it. Well, so I looked it up, and the federal government, uh, Chris is off by about $46 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They Hold employ on. 9.1 million workers. Two point one million. the staff just sat here like dummies. We didn't see anything. <laughs> I, it sounded weird to me, $55 million. Well, You have to care first. Two, <laughs> 2.1 million federal employees, 4.1 million contract employees, 1.2 million grant employees, 1.3 million active duty military, and a half a million postal service employees for a total of 9.1 million. Now, that's still a lot. That's 6% of the total employment in the U.S. But, yeah, but when Chris said 55, sorry. Chris, but keep in mind, did, did you get the caveat to all that, John? Because a lot well, of people I was did not. Yeah, yeah. That was from the year of 2014. But it's still right. not. 55 the, million people were not employed in 2014. You think they've cut 46 million, Chris, no, in I don't six think. years? No. I'm just, I'm with Kenny now. I, I no longer <laughs> give a damn. <laughs> well. Sorry, let that Sorry, pass Such, for, I've uh, infected him. Sorry, let, <laughs> let that pass for today's uh, correction I, uh, segment. We'll, well I, I have another correction, if you don't mind. Oh, oh my God! Okay. Wait, we're losing John. This, one, this one's kind of important to me because it affects me. Uh oh, John uh, just got disconnected. <laughs> yesterday, uh, yesterday during the show, as I was listening here at home, I heard the bump that I played all the guitars on, and Kenny afterwards oh, that was said, me. "Oh, that Dylan Hype man, he's so good." Thought, what bump was I'm, it? I want to hear it. I'm wounded. I want to hear it. It's the bluesy one. It's the two guitars. Can you find it? Uh, John, Chris, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> How about if All you... my life I've been somebody's something, and now I guess I'm just Dylan Height's dad. Do you want to <laughs> just come back with it, Chris? <laughs> why, would that why be... Yeah, why don't we do would that? Would that help you? <laughs> that would make uh, it wasn't so malicious sweet. in nature, John. I, I, was, I, I understand. I was trying to big up your kid. I'm only being you know, somewhat facetious here. This is pizza weather. This is... This is pizza weather. I'll say. It's not easy to start a new deal like uh, Red Savoy. You know, they're going from that one original location on West 7th Street to all over the metro. Uh, And now Red's is going to open in Lakeville on February 10th, just east of 35. The other new restaurant is the return of Red Savoy to downtown St. Paul. We've been there. Reavers and I have been there. It's in the Treasure Island Center right under Tria Rink where the Mm -hmm. Wild practice. Gee, show these restaurants some love. Maybe you, uh, maybe you take a field trip to Lakeville or bring the kids to the Kids Museum in downtown St. Paul and visit Red Savoy and take home your dinner. Fantastic. Plus, both these restaurants include dine-in options. So you can stop and eat your soda-style pizza and have a beer and wine if you choose right there. Red Savoy Pizza is back in downtown St. Paul. Red Savoy Pizza is soon to be in Lakeville, and they're already in Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park, St. Paul on White Bear Avenue, St. Paul on Snelling Avenue, uh, Vadness Heights in Woodbury, and it's the original soda-style pizza from 1965. Thin crust, plenty of toppings, cut in squares just like it's supposed to be. It's really the return of the original recipe, now available all over the metro area. And don't forget to download the Red Savoy app for perks like free cheese bread and pizza on your birthday and you name it. Uh, Early access to happy hour pricing. Red Savoy, it's now all over the metro with that original 1965 secret recipe.
Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold, who has a question for you. Do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, they don't. They have absolutely no idea. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds, and there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds yield currently. Know what you own, Josh begs of you. And later on in the program today, you're going to hear from Josh and how he was 100% right on GameStop. I know that's been kind of a sore subject with all of us here in Garage Logic, but he also has some interesting notes on sports and gambling, so you're going to want to pay attention for that. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Take it from me that you can trust Josh. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Is this it, John? That's it. So you did all the guitar work on I, this. I, I did all the guitar work on that, yeah. Thank you for that correction. Did Dylan well, it show you so how good, to play we thought it was Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, did, Dylan. Did he pro- show you how? Did he teach no, but, you? No, but he produced. Let's put it that way. So he made it sound good. How's that? So it is Dylan, after all. <laughs> Say, fellas, the sun is up and shining. It's a nice day at DKMags.com. They're open for business on Old 8 New Brighton. Thank goodness the GL Armory is up and running for all of us, both DK Mags and Monticello Pawn and Gun. They offer a wide variety of firearms, ammunitions, and all the fun accessories. Speaking of which, yeah, I've got a notion. This could... I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but I've been researching getting back into reloading shotgun shells. I used to do it uh, in the uh, 80s. And, of course, the first place I checked out was the online catalog at uh, dkmags.com and discovered, yep, they carry mech products. Now, I don't know. I've always said mech. I don't know if it's MEC or if it's mech, but that's what I call it. And now it's just a phone call to the counter guys at DK Mags for just a little more info and I'm back to reloading shotgun shells. I'm actually really excited about it. DK Mags, their prices are fair, the selection good, and what you can't find in the store right there on the shelves, it all can be ordered online. Special orders, no big deal. The hours at DK Mags, New Brighton, 10 to 6, and Pawn and Gun, Monticello Pawn and Gun, 11 to 6. And like I said, special orders, no problem. Uh, wait times there. Anywhere from one to three and a half weeks, depending on what you ordered and the availability. They are a couple of wonderful shops. They're run by GLers for us, GLers, DKMags.com. Really an interesting piece in today's Star Tribune written by a guy named Jason George, who is the business manager of the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 49 in Minneapolis. And he was he's writing about his concern uh put forward by DFL elected officials calling on Joe Biden to cancel the Line 3 replacement project the same way he canceled Keystone XL. The ignorance in that piece requires a firm response, he wrote. One line in particular struck a nerve for me. The DFL legislators say, we knew it was important for us to make informed opinions about the project. We visited with indigenous leaders, water protectors, and peaceful demonstrators. Yeah, 
but not one of the DFL <laughs> legislators named bothered to pick up a phone and ask our union, which represents the men and women currently building a Line 3 replacement project, for any views on this matter. The fact is these DFL legislators don't want contrary opinions. They only seek opinions from people who agree with them, in which further their divisive political... Politicization... They would rather gin up their political base and use this issue to stoke division than get factual information. When it comes to pipelines and too many other issues these days, facts don't seem to matter, only politics. The fact is the oil from the Canadian oil sands will come out of the ground and be delivered to customers whether or not there are pipelines to move it. The real choice, the only choice, is whether this oil is moved via truck, rail, or pipeline. If you care about the climate, that choice is easy. Pipelines emit less CO2 than trucks or rail. Some other relevant facts that are ignored by these DFL legislators. There are indigenous tribes in Minnesota that have reached agreements with Enbridge on the Line 3 replacement project. Hundreds of millions of dollars are being awarded to indigenous-owned businesses for work on the replacement of Line 3. Hundreds of tribal members are working on the project, making a great living. Our union trained them. More than 1,600 operating engineers and thousands of other skilled union tradesmen and women are currently working on the project, supporting their families. Small businesses in the area, devastated by COVID-19 restrictions, are recovering with the significant boost in sales this activity is causing. Local governments that have faced significant downturns in revenue, due to COVID, are now seeing more money come into their coffers. These are facts, not opinions. Here's mm -hmm. another fact. If President Biden were to be successful in trying to cancel the Line 3 replacement, all those incredibly positive things would be canceled too. Meanwhile, that oil will still come out of the ground, go into these DFL legislators' vehicles, help heat their homes, and help create the plastic products they use every day. There is one other fact these legislators don't want to hear about. Violent protest activities are escalating on this project. We have equipped, we have seen equipment burned. Workers are being spat on, cursed out, and harassed daily. I have the video to prove it and will be sending these DFL legislators this footage so they can no longer pretend it isn't happening. Reasonable people can disagree respectfully. What is wrong with our politics now is that people are spewing opinions without bothering to get the facts and actually avoiding the information that contradicts their already formed opinion. We should all do better. We must all do better. Or are we all doomed to continue the cycle of stupidity that currently dominates our public <laughs> discussion? Hear, hear, fellow. Hear, hear. Yeah, round of applause mm -hmm. for Jason George. He's a business man, uh, manager, International Union of, boy, I can barely see this, of Operating Engineers Local 49 here in Minneapolis. Yeah, I said that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and he's got some good points, and the only thing I would add to that is... These politicians should have also, including talking to the union people, talk to the guys holding the wrenches, driving the tractors, the trucks, doing the work themselves. Get to know them. How big is your family? Where do you live? What's your mortgage? How much do you spend on this, that, and the other? You but know? They care. But Kenny, yeah, you know. why, why would I want to do all that when I'm too busy being outraged over something I know nothing about? Right. Well, every well, one of those families contributes to their local economy wherever they are. Even if they're transient workers, they're sending money back to, uh, you know, the wife and the kids, wherever they may be. To make the climate the obsessive focus of the Biden administration is going to prove 
absolutely ruinous to the country, and you have to wonder if they know that and don't care. The absolute focus on the climate is ruinous to the country and will bring about the mystery. And you can't help but wonder why the obsessive nature of the Biden administration, who on its first day killed the XL pipeline, they have decided that this administration is going to be devoted to figuring out how to get more of your money to not improve the environment. I believe that they do know that, that they don't care, and the reason they don't care is they believe they will create these jobs elsewhere. That the same guy that's now working on a pipeline, welding a pipeline together or doing whatever, can now go to slapping together solar panels or, or, or wind turbines. I think they honestly believe that they will somehow put these people to work. Well, Kenny, I read the quote, it was, and I'll see if I can find it again. Um, but it basically said that. Well, they can go find yeah. a clean energy job. What are you talking yeah. about? That's what I'm referring yeah. to. Yeah, I think we discussed it last week. Yep. Well, sources of energy that require constant government subsidization can never be sustainable. No. You're going to run out of money. Yeah. There's no... It's a battle we've been fighting for years. Uh, I believe that those who hide behind the climate change movement or advancing an agenda of collectivism and Marxism that has nothing to do with the environment. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Raising my taxes for some mythical idea that that will put more people to work making solar panels is preposterous when you just killed 11,000 jobs on the XL pipeline and maybe 1,600 jobs on line three. And you are the DFL. See, the DFL isn't what the DFL used to be. The DFL is now the John Thompsons of the world, that lunatic who got elected from the east side. That's the DFL. Who is swearing and, and unfortunately, the unfortunately, up, yeah. unfortunately, Republicans, certainly at least at a national level, they can, uh, they can be uh, justifiably boxed into a corner with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a lunatic. Lunatics are running the show. Lunatics. Oh, here we go. I found it. Uh, and I found this because uh, this was from the Daily Caller. This was on January 27th, so whenever that was, a week ago or so. John Kerry is asked what his message would be to oil and gas workers who, quote, see an end to their livelihoods, end quote. Here's John Kerry's quote. What President Biden wants to do is make sure that those folks have better choices, that they can be the people to go work to make the solar panels. Well, he's an arrogant SOB. He's an arrogant SOB. That's just tantamount to the government telling you where you're going to work. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? They're telling us every, every other way how to live our life. It's just pathetic. Uh, but what I loved about the, and I'm no great union fan, believe me, but what this Jason George wrote, what I like is, He's got some facts, and he's saying, look, these people are boasting about going and talking to protesters. They never talked to us. They never came to a guy nope. with a shovel in his hand. Nope. They never came to a guy behind the controls of a bobcat. Nothing. They don't talk to us. Because they're ruling from the salon, and they're hiding behind the idea that they're here to save the earth. There is nothing wrong with the earth except more people placed in harm's way in the event nature decides to kick up her heels. That cannot be solved 
Can you hear me when I rock back now? Not really well. How about right now? <laughs> yeah, stay up on stay, it. Stay on your yeah, mic. Yeah, I, I am. I am. Okay. Sorry, Gio. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to force me back into Mr. Squeaky. <laughs> but, oh, I'm <laughs> saving that soundbite. We've been trying to keep this off the air. You brought it up on the air. so I'm going to go back to Mr. Squeaky. On the air. Stay on it. Stay yeah. up on it. We're talking about the microphone. Get Peach. down on it. <laughs> get down on it. There's also another piece of the Star Tribune that I don't want to get into. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it bears mentioning uh, some guy named Lee Lynch, and five will get you ten. That's Lynch as in Carmichael Lynch, because he says he's made his uh, living in the advertising business. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it does say he's the former owner of an advertising agency. He's one of these liberals who got. He's one of these guys who got wealthy enough to pretend he's a liberal, and he's saying, "Please tax me more." This comes up all the time. Lynch, write a check. Write a yeah. check if you don't think you're paying enough. Yeah. Boy, there's a, a lot of, of us. BS. That, a lot of us that wish we were in his shoes. We <laughs> we can't even pay taxes from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nothing to stop you from writing a check, Lynch. Nothing. Speaking of pushing back, um, John, do you have the news on the Kroger grocery store chain? I do not. Are you familiar? In the, well, the original story is there something new now? Or? Well, the, the, uh, basically they're closed, and this is you know this would be what John helped me the equivalent of Cub Foods here. I mean they're a they're yeah, a pretty they're giant huge. chain out yeah. in California. They're so huge, apparently yeah. the uh, the government had said that they need to pay employees a higher wage, and they said. Well, we're just going to close these two stores in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a $4 an hour uh, increase because they're working during COVID is what that, the government that, yeah, Yes, that's exactly saying. what it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. It's a race to see who commits suicide first, California, Oregon, or Washington State. It's amazing what's Or the United States. Coast. Yeah, or all of us. Yeah. Get the groin kick ready, please. I have it ready, sir. And here again, uh, I'm not going to start using that term constantly every day here here again is an example of of gaslighting telling us something that we know uh having viewed it with our own eyes is not that which will be told to us by this member of the failed academy are you ready mm-hmm. oh, what a is san francisco high school teacher is saying that bernie sanders displayed white privilege when he attended biden's inauguration in a casual coat and mittens that captured the attention of the internet. <laughs> Senator Sanders. Wow. Man. Senator Sanders is no white supremacist insurrectionist, but he manifests privilege, white privilege, male privilege, and class privilege in ways that my students could see and feel, said Ingrid Sayer Dash Ochi, a former Yikes. UC Berkeley professor who wrote this in an op-ed for the San Francisco Chronicle, which, of course, printed this crap. Social media users found a photo of Sanders, 79, looking cold and grumpy at the inauguration. So funny, they circulated it for days, making jokes and memes. Sayer Ochi wrote that she puzzled and fumed over this. We talked about gender and the possible meanings of the attire chosen by Vice President Kamala Harris, Dr. Jill Biden, the Biden grandchildren, Michelle Obama, uh, Amanda Gorman, and others. We referenced the female warriors inspiring these women, the colors of their educational degrees in their monochromatic ensembles of pure power, Sayer Dash Ochi wrote. <laughs> Honest to God, lady, you're a complete <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> 
And there, across all our news and social media feeds, was Bernie Bernie memes, Bernie sweatshirts, endless love for Bernie. I puzzled and fumed as an individual as I strove to be my best possible teacher. I don't know how many poor or working class or female or struggling to be taken seriously people would show up at the inauguration of our 46th president dressed like Bernie, unless those people had privilege, which they don't. Uh, lady, you're, a, you're appalling, and you're a moron, and there's Work no cat. such thing as the privilege demonstrated that there. That deserves <laughs> this. She, she, she's going to be a strong contender. She'll Work be a strong contender here. this year. Ooh, fellas, work with me. Help me out here because I, I'm sorry I forgot her name. The young lady, the poet, that read the poem, the wonderful poem at uh, Biden's inauguration. Oh, Anybody I got after her, her name? name. Uh, she shouldn't, shouldn't uh, take anybody very hard to find it. I will look yeah, it I can find it. Okay, African-American young lady, right? Yeah. Wearing a beautiful beautiful jacket designer jacket mm -hmm. and i believe oprah gifted her something jewelry a brooch or something or the other uh and she was easily one of the most well-dressed person up on that da dais amanda uh, gorman was her yes name. yeah talented young lady mm -hmm. what do we make of her looking so wonderful when i think we all can agree that bernie looked like a hobo that just <laughs> crawled out of the just crawled out from under the railroad track. Uh, so you agree with there. his teacher, in other words? Uh, I, no. Uh, I thought Bernie was ridiculous and didn't represent white privilege in the least bit. I thought he looked ridiculous. And but Bernie is know, ridiculous. That's the and point. I he is ridiculous. <laughs> I want to know what she thinks about the young poet who looks so wonderful, like she just came out of a fashion magazine. I got a better question to ask this moron teacher. What's your name? Is Fruitcake Ingrid Sayer Ingrid Sayer Dash Ochi from Diversityville? Listen, you fool. Uh, what do you think of uh, in terms of privilege? When I didn't even bring this up on the show because I was willing to let it go, I wasn't that interested. But it was either the Daily Mail or the Drudge Report during inauguration week had a big takeout with photos of Kamala Harris's makeup bus, one of these million-dollar rock and roll tour buses that was yeah. full of the mirrors and the makeup and the artists really? and the wardrobe. Oh, yeah. And it's parked on scene, and she would go in and get her makeup freshened up. What do you think oh, of that, wow. you lunatic high school teacher? Wow. What kind of privilege does that demonstrate to you, you moron? Boy, I, that's She had her own makeup rail. tour bus. She had her makeup tour bus. Holy yeah. cow. That uh, reeks of third But I didn't, I didn't bring it up because, A, you know what? I don't even care. Of course you could have a tour bus for makeup. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, I actually found audio of Bernie responding to that high school teacher. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Pretty vague in the past, but how exactly are you going to break up the big banks? You mean a big bank breakup? Yeah, a big bank breakup. Yeah, break them up. <laughs> Old, I never uh, get uh, tired Ingrid, of that. Uh, Ingrid, there, uh, the one yeah. who's complaining about yeah. privilege. Uh, she makes over a hundred grand a year. Oh, as a sure. Well, well, as a teacher. Okay. Yeah, hundred one thousand three hundred ninety-eight dollars. Sure, John. Why not? <laughs> Wonder if she's even in school. That fraud. Wow. Oakland would would she have said this about a black man? What if a black? What if a black version of Bernie was sitting there with mittens on? Well, that's my point with the poet, Joe. Yeah. Well, what? I don't. I don't. I must admit, I don't understand your point about the poet. This was her moment to shine, and she got dolled up. BFD. 
I mean, big deal. (laughs) (laughs) We are working blue. (laughs) And and I absolutely agree with that, but I was wondering what her, what's her name, Ingrid, what her opinion of that would be. It's pretty much the same question you just asked, if what if Bernie was black? No, I'm still struggling. Uh, I I thought, I'm going to use the word appropriately because it's used properly because I know how to use it properly. She addressed. She dressed appropriately. She was a gorgeous young woman. What? I don't understand I your problem. I agree. I agree. Well, why would yes. that have resulted in any kind of claim of privilege? <laughs> Bernie dressed as he always did. It was a cold day. He had like a, a tie hobo. on under his coat. Yeah, break him up. Yeah, just break it up. I didn't hear anything about the makeup tour bus. You know, the Kamala Twenty Twenty One tour. You think she sells, you know, T-shirts like you would if the Stones were on tour? Kamala and AOC does. I don't know if Kamala. She does, does not. Does she really? God, yeah. She's got a T-shirt sideline. Wow. Sure. I don't she know who it is. Capitalism. And help wealth. me with the help me with the name because she's speaking right now. The the new White House press secretary for Biden. Uh, I don't know if you pronounce the P at the front, sure. to be truthful. But she ha- apparently has a catchphrase called, I'm going to circle back to that during yep. her. Uh, and so- yeah. someone did a continuous loop of all the various times that she used that. It's uh, It was pretty funny. It's also being reported that they are pre-screening the questions for these yeah. daily press No. Yeah. yeah. Really? That ain't freedom of the speech. That ain't freedom of the press. Well, the, you know, the. The liberal media is just going to toss them softballs anyway, aren't they? Well, but maybe they'll awaken to what they've, they've, they got what they wish for. <laughs> now let's see if you like it. But that's so the be easiest. careful what you wish for. Uh, you, you know, that's the easiest thing in the world to circumvent, Joe. You give them your dumb question, and then you ask something else. Yeah. Big deal. Well, then you get your access taken away. Yeah, then you don't get in anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I found that out at a Gopher press conference years ago. Super Bowl coming up Sunday, shaping up to be a great one. It's going to be miserably cold. Does that stop a GLer from standing outside and grilling no. brats from Grunhoffers? Does that stop a GLer from standing outside and grilling steaks and burgers from Grunhoffers? Does that stop mom, barefoot and pregnant, back in the kitchen from cooking some Grunhoffer meatloaf? Mm-mm. No, sir. No, sir. Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, now with three meatloafs. The meatloaf, the town ball meatloaf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has bacon and cheese in it, and the Minnesota meatloaf, wild rice and mushrooms. And uh, it's Rookie's idea. You, you bake all three meatloafs, cut them into squares, and serve them with toothpicks. That's his idea for uh, a Super Bowl treats. Mine would be cooking up a mess of the brats and cutting them up and identifying each one with a toothpick and then see which wins the contest. But you what's can't Chris's go wrong. idea? What's Chris's Chris idea? Well, Eat the meatloaf by himself. Is yeah, his what idea. I like yeah. to do is I'll cut it into squares. That way it's evenly displaced on my giant platter that I'm going to use as my dinner plate. <laughs> that that and, you rest on your belly right. as you're sitting there watching the game. Just as long as it doesn't knock over my beer, then I can just hold it right here on my belly as I'm watching the Super Bowl. Well, GLers, you know the you know the drill. You know where to go. It's uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61, just at the north end of of Hugo, and you're going to uh, certainly not regret the experience. If you haven't been there yet, you're you're in for quite an experience. It's wonderful. Super Bowl's coming up. Load up, GLers, at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats 
on Highway 61 in Hugo. I've got a buddy, Bob, who has three New Year's resolutions every year, and truth be told, he rarely succeeds at accomplishing his goals. He's not alone, by the way. Only 10% of us do accomplish our New Year's resolution. Then it hit me. Bob should call the Canopy Group. Why? Bob wants to read more, and I'm not going to be able to read to him. Bob wants to lose 20 pounds, and I'm sure not the guy to help him with that. But I can help him with his third resolution, and that is to save money. How's he going to do that? by handing this resolution over to the 30 professionals at the Canopy Group. They will help Bob save money on his home and auto insurance and have better coverage at the same time. There's 16 companies assure Bob's success, not only just this year, but they will do this for Bob every year to be sure he has the best coverage at the best price. New clients save more than $800 annually. Hand your New Year's resolution over to the Canopy Group and be part of the 10% with good old Bob who succeeds in accomplishing at least one of their New Year's resolutions, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. All you bobs out there, get with it. 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Who did this, John? Marshall Tucker Band. Who did this? This is Dylan. Dylan. That's that's all Dylan, yes. It really does remind me of Marshall Tucker, which I think is a compliment. Hurts when I pee. No, Kenny. that woman. (laughs) She made me. God, you ruined a good song. Hey, speaking Uh, of. No. Is somebody doing something? Yeah, Kenny's got all friends at Seafoam. Calm down there, Mittens Souchere. Let's uh, (laughs) talk about Seafoam for a second and how it's all. It's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, and I do believe it solved this mystery noise uh, that was coming from my truck. It's got 92XXX miles on it. I'm really logging in the miles with this thing. And it was a mystery noise, very slight, in my truck at freeway speeds. The sound was coming from the engine area, occasionally rising ever so slightly. It lasted anywhere from 30 seconds to 3 minutes. I eliminated a bunch of factors right away, and my uneducated guess, I love going to my mechanic with uneducated guesses. It's a highlight of my life. I was guessing fuel delivery. Now, whether it was mechanical or computer-related, nah, I have no idea. So what I did is uh, in the last five full tanks of gas, I've dumped now, I've now dumped in two full cans of seafoam high-mileage motor treatment, and to my delight, the noise has stopped. Not only did it stop with no load on, but I dragged a really heavy trailer full of junk um, three hours up the freeway and didn't hear it all there. So to me, that's proof that seafoam is a miracle. It's available everywhere, coast to coast, works in every kind of combustion engine there is, from these tiny little weed whips to big old diesel pushers, from that dreamy blue smoke to rolling coal. Seafoam is the key to engine health and low repair bills. It truly is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's seafoam. Now, Joseph mittens souchere take it away i have i have mittens i wear mittens mm-hmm. you call me now a kid i used to have knitted me a pair of mittens and if the temperature's right like today for a walk i think it's a mitten day i'd wear no you have you checked your swimsuit area lately uh, you, you got panties on 
There's nothing wrong with a pair of mittens, homemade mittens. I got a little the strap, only, a little connector. The to my only sleeve. mittens that men wear are big leather choppers, fur-lined. When you're going somewhere north of the Arctic Circle, well, I got otherwise I men got those don't too. wear mittens. Men I have don't those wear too. mittens. I have those too. Hey Joe, uh, do you know who else calls them mittens? Huh? My six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I lost my mittens again. And I have, we have at least six that have just either the left hand or the right hand. So there'll be days I'll, I'll send them out the door with one of each. Well, now, I, when I'm you're just, going I, for, when you're I'm walking along the garage service road of life, pondering life's many mysteries, and your nose starts running, do you use the back of the mittens to wipe up the snot? Hell yes. <laughs> The point I was making, or I tried to before I continually am so rudely interrupted, was that <laughs> that it's never occurred to me that wearing mittens could somehow be construed as an act of privilege. Yeah. It's not an act of privilege. Well, Here's John Height to save us from this. I, I certainly to didn't think white privilege when I saw him. I just I thought hobo. That's yeah. what I thought, hobo. I just thought Bernie. Yeah. This news update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. A St. Paul man charged with killing a mother and her two children over the weekend allegedly told police he did it to, quote, save the children. According to a criminal complaint, 26-year-old Takeith Jones is charged with three counts of second-degree murder and the deaths of 30-year-old Desandria Wallace, her 14-year-old daughter LaPortia, and 11-year-old son Jacorby. Uh, family said uh, Desandria was two months pregnant when she was killed. The complaint says officers were called to a home on Jesse Street in St. Paul Saturday afternoon. The 911 caller said there were three people in the house and, quote, blood everywhere. Oh. Police found LaPortia and Desandra unconscious, not breathing. Jacorby was breathing. The complaint states he told police his killer was named Keith, identifying him as Desandra's boyfriend. Jacorby uh, later died at the hospital. Autopsies would reveal Desandra was shot twice, LaPortia shot ten times, oh my and Jacorby shot five times. Oh, Jesus. Would it Relative. set a bad precedent if we didn't have a trial? I suppose it would, huh? Yeah, it would have probably set a bad precedent. Yeah. Relative told police Desandra was dating a short man with tattoos named Keith. Surveillance video from the home showed a man outside the Jesse Street home about half an hour before police found the scene. He went inside the home, then ran out of the house toward a damaged Jeep. A state trooper later found a Jeep with matching damage on Highway 61 later Saturday. A man by the Jeep told the trooper it was out of gas. The trooper promised to come back and help, but when he returned, the man was gone. The Jeep's owner said a man she knew as Santana later identified as a Facebook alias used by Jones, took the Jeep. She told police she had dropped him off at the Jesse Street home before. The uh, bit of information, Joe, that you divulged earlier, is that public knowledge about the, the, the boy uh, announcing? Who I think John just said it. I just oh, said I'm, it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I was, I'm scatterbrained. It was the 8-year-old who identified this. Oh, I thought he was 11. I, 11. Yeah. yeah. 11, 11, 11. In any event, what I'm getting at here is the fact that he, he was able to say that, which meant he was sitting there suffering for how long. My God, that's just a horrific mm -hmm. thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. That poor kid. How did old you, uh, was Portia? Uh, Portia was, uh, was it 16? Let me go back to the story here. 14 mm -hmm. or 16, I don't recall. So 14, mom, I'm sorry, 14. Uh, mom gave birth at a very young age. Yes. Um, was, mom was 30. Yeah. And did you mention that St. Paul uh, PD had been there? Um, Just right before. Yep. 
I, about an hour. I did not mention that. I should, yes. They were there what before. Was that time? About an hour or so? An hour yeah, before, they did a welfare check, and she said, no, I'm fine. Tell them I'm fine, meaning the relatives who had called the yeah. police department worried oh, about her. That poor yeah. cop. Can you imagine what that nope. officer had? No, no, I cannot. Oh. Minnesotans are now entering the third week of state efforts to vaccinate people over 65, and for a third week, the plan has changed. Though there will be no new sign-ups Tuesday, today, health officials say more vaccine is coming and there are more ways to get it. The state will now make more than 35,000 doses available to Minnesotans 65 and older, and there will be nearly 100 more locations where they can get vaccinated. Three of those include permanent community vaccination centers. Seniors can check a new vaccine locator on the Minnesota Department of Health's COVID-19 website to find the location of the nearest vaccine to them and contact information for that site. Any seniors who were placed on the waiting list during last week's lottery will stay on that list to be randomly selected for vaccine appointments in Duluth and Minneapolis. A third location will open in southern Minnesota next week. As for seniors who have already had their first dose of the vaccine at the nine temporary vaccine sites over the past two weeks, they will still get their second doses on the dates already scheduled. This age group totals nearly a million Minnesotans, so health officials are now asking people to please be patient. President Biden told Republican senators during a two-hour meeting on Monday he's unwilling to settle on an insufficient coronavirus aid package after they pitched a slimmed-down $618 billion proposal that's a fraction of the $1.9 trillion that he is seeking. No compromise reached in the lengthy, uh, lengthy session Monday night. The president's first with lawmakers at the White House, Democrats in Congress pushing ahead with groundwork for approving his COVID-19 relief plan with or without Republican votes. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and Police Chief Madaria Arredondo announced a new policy for the use of body cameras by the police department in Minneapolis. According to a release from the city, the new policy will prohibit officers from deactivating cameras for the purpose of engaging in private conversations with one another while they're still at the scene of an incident. Fry and Arredondo say that this marks another step in transparency and accountability in the MPD. Arredondo saying we've seen as a community and as a police force body camera footage increasingly playing a crucial role in understanding critical events in our community. The policy change is the latest in a series of changes since the death of George Floyd in May. Other policy reforms have included an overhaul in the use of force policy, modernizing the police department's policy of no-knock warrants, and making de-escalation reporting requirements more comprehensive. God, can you go back to that dreadful murder story? Yeah. And give me the name of the shooter, the alleged shooter. To Keith, to Keith Jones. Jones. Okay, I'm going to ask a question that can't be answered, but it's always yeah. bugged me when these situations come up. Everybody's an infant at one point in their life. Everybody's an infant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Did he not get held? Did he not get caressed? Did he oh. not... Did he not get loved? Did he not get talked to? What happens? Yeah, all of the above. Talk to Rookie, who's got the friend that's a first-grade teacher. And these first-graders come in here talking like they're, you know, like Marine Barracks uh, yeah. profanity. But it you starts know, before first grade. You're an infant. Yeah. You're being held yeah. by your mother. Yeah. What? Yeah. what uh, if, well, let's, all all. This, it's, let's just say it. It's it's the breakdown of the home. That's, that's where yeah. 90% of these problems uh, start. And it's not... Yeah. It's not white privilege. It's not. A, it's the breakdown of the home, and that well, is the biggest words, problem facing this country. So, we don't know about 
DeKerrick, whatever his name is. To Keith. We, Think of to, Keith with T-E in front. To Keith. Okay, to Keith. We don't know what it was. We don't know. But, you know no, maybe his mother loved know the his hell background. out of him. I have no yeah, idea. We don't know his background all, at all. All of the above and what you've been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. Can we jump ahead um, to the story John just read about the body cams? Mm-hmm. Wondering if you have anything to say about that. And I have a question for John. Are these cams only on if there's an incident, or are they on all the time? During an incident, the uh, police officers, as I understand it, are supposed to activate them. They activate them themselves. Okay. They activate them, and then they must leave them on until, uh, I guess, they drive away from the incident. But the conversations, even just in the background, they should continue running, according to this new policy. Such, what say ye? Uh, well, I don't want to burden the cops, but uh, you're on you're on our dime when you're working, and uh, you're you're not entitled to anything. We're not entitled to. Uh, so when you're working a scene, I'm not bothered that you're required to keep your camera on. I'm not bothered by that. I don't want any funny bathroom videos, though. Please. Well, I don't think I don't think that's what's being uh, suspected right. here. I I just think that. Correct. I just think that uh, it's a further uh, enforcement that will remind officers that uh, they're on the, in the public's eye at that moment, and they, they must conduct themselves with all propriety, and, and virtually all of them do. And uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't think they're, it's a question of having their freedoms violated. Now, if you want to tell me that they got to wear them 24 hours a day, I'll go to fight with you. I'll have a battle with you. Okay. Uh, when they're off duty, they don't have any obligation to me whatsoever. None. After a pause in 2020, Hy-Vee will open two full-line stores in the Twin Cities this year, one in Maplewood and one in Spring Lake Park. The Spring Lake Park location was supposed to open back in 2019. It'll open now this spring. The exterior shell of the 75,000-square-foot building at 8155 Northeast Central Avenue was finished up last year but sat vacant. Ivy entered the Twin Cities market in 2015 with the plan of opening four stores every year. In 2017, the West Des Moines grocer began pumping the brakes on building large stores as consumers began discovering online shopping. The new store in Maplewood's Maple Ridge Center at 2501 White Bear Avenue will take over the space that was formerly filled by Rainbow Foods since 1986. Hmm. Uh, two FBI agents killed and three agents injured in a shootout with a suspect in Sunrise, Florida this morning. Shooting occurred about 6 in the morning as a team of law enforcement officers executed a federal court-ordered search warrant as part of a violent crimes against children case. That according to FBI Special Agent Michael Levrock. Two of the injured FBI agents taken to the hospital there in stable condition. Third injured agent status was not clear. The subject of the warrant is also dead. Republican Senate Leader Mitch McConnell denouncing newly elected Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on Monday night, calling the Georgia Republicans' embrace of conspiracy theories and what he called loony lies a cancer for the Republican Party. Somebody who suggested he said that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon, that horrifying school shootings were pre-staged, and that the Clintons crashed JFK Jr.'s airplane is not living in reality, McConnell said. His condemnation adds to pressure on House Republicans to take action against Green, even as she is claiming renewed support from former President Donald Trump. Uh, today, of course, is Groundhog's Day, and as a newsman, I suppose I have to read this story. No, you don't. Nobody's forcing you to. Is this from Gobbler's Knob? 
It is. Mm-hmm. There'll be six more weeks of winter, Puxatani Phil predicted, as he emerged from his burrow on a snowy Tuesday morning to perform his ground dog day duties. One of the members of Phil's inner circle spoke before the prediction was revealed, noting it's been a unique year. The spectacle that is Groundhog Day at Gobbler's Knob in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, still went on. But, of course, because of the coronavirus pandemic, revelers weren't able to see him and celebrate in person. This year, it was all virtual. A live stream, which had more than 15,000 viewers at one point, played footage from previous Groundhog Days ahead of the big reveal. I can't tell you how many I've sent to heaven. Uh, the number is <laughs> off the charts. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, it's just—it's like shooting cabbage. Oh, it's God, just so easy. So he, cabbage. so so the so the muskrat saw its shadow, right? That's correct. Yes. So, or didn't see its shadow. Uh, no. Which is which? Six, six more if you weeks. See your he shadow, saw his shadow, right? Six more weeks of winter because he saw a shadow. Right? Yeah, here, I'm, he I'm going to pull Well, there's in. six more anyway. What difference? That's a drinking it. club. That's all that is. Here One hell of a drinking club. <laughs> it was snowing, if I remember right. Uh, oh, I here it is. It. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, if he sees the shadow, and he's wearing mittens, mm-hmm. <laughs> six more weeks of winter. There you go. But there's going to be six more weeks of winter no matter what. Right, Joe. So this... Joe, this let it. Let it go. Just, yeah, don't, let him have don't get all worked up over there. I'm going to let it effort. go. I'm going to let it go. Not worth the effort. Hal Holbrook, who carved out a substantial acting career in television and film, but, a plea, uh, but achieved his widest acclaim on stage playing Mark Twain, has died. He died January 23rd at his home in Beverly Hills, California. He was 95. I'm not going to lie. I thought Hal was already dead. Hmm. I, I, did, I, I, I can't help why. you there, John. I, I didn't think about it. Holbrook had a long and fruitful run as an actor. He was the shadowy patriot deep throat in All the President's Men in 1976, uh, Grandfather in Into the Wild in 2007, for which he received an Oscar nomination, and the influential Republican Preston Blair in Steven Spielberg's Lincoln in 2012. He played Lincoln himself on television in Carl Sandburg's Lincoln, a 1974 miniseries. The performance earned him an Emmy Award, one of five he won in his lifetime for his acting on TV movies and miniseries. Holbrook was a regular in the 1980s television series Designing Women. He played Willie Loman in The Death of a Salesman, Shakespeare's Hotspur, and King Lear and the store manager in Thornton Wilder's Our Town. But above all, he was Mark Twain, standing alone on stage in a rumpled white linen suit, a spinning incisive and humane narration of the human comedy written by Twain. That's an impressive acting career, isn't it? It really He could is. do it all. He could do anything. Mm-hmm. In the past three weeks, uh, as we know, the price of GameStop shares jumped a whopping 1,600%. Uh, here's a, a feel-good story, okay? Mm-hmm. One Minnesota man made some money during that time because of that, and he decided to share the wealth with a local hospital. Aww. 20-year-old Hunter Kahn said he bought his GameStop shares when they were $30. Since his investment paid off so well, he bought six Nintendo Switches and dozens of games for Children's Hospital Minnesota. He told our TV affiliate, KSTP, it's important we don't become men in suits ourselves and actually do good with the money we're making here. He says he's hoping his good deed will spread some cheer to patients at the hospital. He says, I love video games. I know that if I were in the hospital as a kid, I would love that. It would help me out. A lot. McDonald's Corporation has begun quietly selling the McPlant Burger in Denmark and Sweden. 
giving the fast food giant insight into customer interest before more locations to roll out the meat alternative. Foghorn the, the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't eating no plant burger made out of moss. McPlant. <laughs> this is like the fish burger right. made out of bullhead. I'm not eating that stuff. Moss. <laughs> McPlant, which McDonald's co-developed with Beyond Meat Inc., is made from pea-based protein. Yeah, according sure to McDonald's. Is. Danish and Swedish website. I can hear John or Paul now saying, hey, Joe, want to come over for a plant burger? (laughs) Rice protein is a secondary protein ingredient in the burger, McDonald's says. Uh, Restaurants everywhere are racing to add trendy plant-based items to attract consumers who are concerned about animal welfare, nutrition, and, of course, the environment. Oh, sure. Well, Burger King in the U.S. would be great. (laughs) <laughs> well, Burger King in the U.S. market has already seen some good success selling its Impossible Whopper, which is made from Beyond Meat's main competitor. Sales often taper off after the bump in demand from diners trying the item for the first time. So, Such, you know how uh, every once in a while we'll meet with either existing clients or we'll meet with uh, future clients like I might be doing later this afternoon. How about the next time we get together with Spencer Grunhofer, you say, hey, Spence, I got a great idea. How about the Moss Burger? You know how quickly he'd go out and get a stick of dynamite and blow you up? <laughs> the Moss Burger. You would be 86 for life. Oh, That's right. 100%. You would lose the account. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a fella who lives in the house here with me who on occasion eats the Impossible Whopper. From well, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm not eating it. Or he should be. Money I've tried be. a number of different plant-based uh, meat, so-called meat items, and some of them, yeah, not so bad. Some are okay, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. You know yeah. I, I, I'd even be willing to bet that the CP has probably snuck one onto Such's plate, and he no. <laughs> didn't even know it. I got your moss burger right here. <laughs> a powerful winter storm hitting much of the northeastern United States Monday, canceling flights, shutting down parts of the nation's largest subway, disrupting travel. Uh, by Monday night, uh, at least two people had died because of the storm. Joe said you heard of one more this morning. I hadn't seen that story. Uh, in New York City, more than 16 inches of snow had fallen in Central Park. Doesn't make the s- top 10. A foot of snow fell across much of New Jersey. Uh, 20 inches reported in Hapatakong, New Jersey, and nearly well, that a, much that's in That's a Bridgeton. scene. Of, that's the Hapatakong, or however you I said it might be correct. That is a I have great, no idea. That is a great, great lake uh, in a center, really? of, a center of wood boating. It's a beautiful lake. I've always, I just think of it as kind of the Lake Minnetonka of New York City. It's just oh, really nifty. Huh. Really interesting. Nifty. Yeah. I actually thought it was a misprint when I first saw, saw the story. I had to look it up to see if it was spelled correctly. If you want a uh, daydream, that, if you want to daydream and look at some beautiful, beautiful restored boats, go to the site of Katz's Marina, K-A-T-Z apostrophe S. It's on Lake Hapakong or, or however wow. you say it. Huh. And they're the most gorgeous boats you'll see. Uh, in New Jersey, the weather has brought uh, one perk with it. Abandoned century-old railroad tracks on the beach in Cape May, known as ghost tracks, were visible during shifting tides in the hours before the storm arrived. Images of the rails were posted at about 2 in the afternoon Sunday on the Sunset Beach Facebook page. 
The tracks were spotted for the first time in nearly 80 years back in 2014. They were used in the early to mid-1900s to support sand mining and munitions testing during World War I. They've emerged from beneath the shoreline several times since then, most frequently when there is a nor'easter. Back-to-back storms in March 2018 uncovered the transportation artifact. And uh, as I said this Sunday, they also popped out again. Check this out. You mean to tell yeah. me? You mean to tell me? We're told the oceans are rising, but the ocean was so low a hundred years ago you could b- build railroad tracks on what is now the beach. That sounds like the ocean a, is mm-hmm. rising, doesn't it? Well, it sounds to me like it was pretty low, and it hasn't Which even means- risen back yet to a danger level. I took away that it has risen and that the tide pulled it out in advance of the storm. Mm-hmm. But I'm also watching a Clint Eastwood movie, so <laughs> you can't, can't count on my Great. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. It's, <laughs> where eagles dare, they're going to blow the bridge. Oh, they just blow, blew that's, the bridge out. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> An airline. Focus, Joe. We're all focused. <laughs> yeah, everybody's here. Don't worry. Really appreciate it. <laughs> An airline has apologized to a passenger after staff told her to cover up, and uh, this is a quote, her inappropriate outfit. Hold on. She shared. Now I'm listening. She shared what happened in a video on her Instagram stories. She is Isabella Eleanor from Australia. She's a model. She said she was humiliated after being told by cabin crew her black crop top was not suitable for flying. Oh. the model, who works for OnlyFans, said Jetstar staff ordered her to cover up, allegedly saying, you can't wear a bikini on the plane. Isabel was then handed a high-vis rest, uh, high-vis vest, one of the yellow ones that, you know, you see guys on the highway wear, to wear over her black top, which she said made her feel degraded and embarrassed her in front of her fellow passengers. Sharing her story to her Instagram followers, she said, So they made a huge scene when I stepped on the plane, made me wait in front of everyone while they searched for something to cover me up with. Then I had to walk all the way to my seat wearing this vest. Apparently my top was too small. If I had small breasts, I guarantee they wouldn't have said a word. They forced me into Hmm. putting on this high-vis vest. Speaking to Nine News about the incident, Isabel, who was traveling with her husband, Jeremy Schwartzbord, said she felt as if she was being victimized. Jetstar, which is owned by Qantas, has since apologized to the model well, for the misunderstanding. Um, yeah. I'm looking yes, at, Kenny. have you seen the photo? I have. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically a bra. I've seen, no, it's bigger than that. I've seen women on planes like that. It's, this is you a, have? This is, this is a, she got 10,000 more clients. Who are you kidding? She loves this. Uh-huh. She, yeah. It made her more famous. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if she was famous, I, I yeah. have no idea. But, I never uh, heard of her. No, I yeah, she ain't no so. Forest Lake girl, so I'm not interested. <laughs> Why do you do that? God, I love like, the people in Forest Lake. We have clients in Forest Lake, and I apologize. Uh, you're the Forest one that, Lake. You're the one that paints that in a bad light. It's it's your own <laughs> your own issues. <laughs> The coronavirus pandemic has inspired a Florida dad to compensate for lack of entertainment by building that entertainment for his kids in his own backyard. Over the past 11 months, Scott Frigga has replaced the woods in his backyard with a basketball court, a gymnasium, and now the most recent request, a 310-foot-long roller coaster. Hmm. Wow, what a dad. 
He said, when the pandemic came in, they shut the parks down, so I built the basketball court for my son. They shut the gyms down, so we built a gym. The roller coaster, he said, started about two months ago. It took four to five days to get it done. Uh, Fergus said he thinks it's better for his kids to be playing in his backyard than looking for things to do elsewhere. And Oregon made history yesterday. It decriminalized all drugs, it's including all cocaine. Need. Pardon me? That's all they need. Including cocaine, heroin, and meth. It's all via Measure 110. Users in possession of drugs can now opt for rehab rather than go to prison. Oregon is the first state in the U.S. to pass this type of legislation. Instead of a criminal justice-based approach, the state will pivot to a health care-based approach offering addicts treatment instead of prison time. Those in possession will be fined $100, a citation that would be dropped if they agree to a health assessment. The law went into effect on Monday. It will be implemented over the next decade by the state officials at the Oregon Health Authority. Advocates say the pivot will be life-changing for thousands of Oregonians. As for the cost of rehab versus imprisonment, Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman said it's far more expensive to pay to incarcerate someone than to get them treatment. Rehab programs not only empower individuals, she says, but save communities money. but they're they're assuming that they want to go into rehab and Correct. they want to see that succeed and they're not using it as an excuse just to you know um right do harm again and are these for felonies too john can uh, you commit a felony and say oh i was i was yacked out on the blow i well you can't commit a different crime no i mean you'd still be charged with say the felony but you can have any amount of these drugs as long as you're not hurting or doing another crime. Huh? That's the way I undertook the story maybe, when I read the story. Maybe this is a good idea. Maybe this is a backdoor way of addressing homelessness. If, in fact, homelessness is uh, the greatest percentage of the homeless are drug addicts, this would get them off the streets and into treatment facilities, like the uh, like what was proposed in Saving Seattle. How it's correct. not much different from the the idea in Saving right, Seattle. To right. Be truthful, but explain yeah, how no. how it would help. Well, in Seattle, wasn't the proposition be that it, rather than just throw people in jail, we're going to put you in a facility, but in correct. order to remain in the facility, you're going to get treatment for your problem. Right. And remember right. in the in the uh, in the documentary, they yeah. they went to Delaware or somewhere, and they found a similar program that's working, and they wanted to try it in Seattle. If that's what's behind the program in Portland, maybe it should be rooted for. Right, but then what Kenny said earlier, though, they still have to be willing. Yeah, and you have to want to be clean. Right. You know, you can't just go through it, go through the motions, and then score the day you get out. Well, if you're confronted and said, look, you're facing 10 years in prison for these repeat offenses, or we offer this to you, a lot of people are going to choose to go to the treatment. Yeah, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Thank you, Johnny. You bet. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about just a timeout for the old mirror? Sounds good. Hey, GLers, save the date for Saturday, February 27th. Spare Key, a nonprofit that helps families in medical crisis, is hosting Hope Across America, a virtual celebration with exciting surprises, entertainment, raffles, and a special live auction. You can join Steve Patterson from My Talk 107.1 and Twin Cities Live, along with other surprise celebrities, in celebrating Spare Key, serving families in all 50 states across America on February 27th at 7 p.m. To register, just go on online to sparekey.org slash events.
It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Hey. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from our friend Tom Lyman. I remember this. I bet we all do. On this day in 1996, Feb 2, Minnesota's coldest temperature ever was recorded in Tower, Minnesota, at 60 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. That bested by one degree the previous scientifically measured low established in 1899. So in 1996, on this day up in Tower, where is that, near Lake Vermilion? Mm -hmm. Uh, 60 below. 60 below. We're really getting away with one this year, aren't we? Oh, this is beautiful. This is awesome. Super Bowl weekend's going to be a bit uncomfortable. But nothing like sixty below. But when no. do we when do we always view the the hump of winter? Is it about Valentine's Day? No, I've I've, 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 be, I've let it become Super Bowl Sunday. By then, you have. Uh, well, by then you watch it's still, it's gonna be light out at six o'clock. Right. Sunday. Well, I even noticed the other night driving home, it was still somewhat light out at five fifty, something like that. Oh, yeah. We're getting there. Oh yeah, we're getting yeah. there. Well, as a 21st-er, I mean, I'm just enjoying spring days. <laughs> You're damn near in the summer. Oh, this is incredible. i got to break out the shorts and the golf shirts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the mittens. Put away your burning mittens. Put away my mittens. <laughs> <laughs> All covered in snot. Ew. Maybe I should take a picture of my mittens and tweet them out. Oh, my mittens. God. You would huh? destroy the Internet if you did that. I think I will. Yeah. Do you You've know got a funny to... hat, too, don't you, with ear flaps? Oh, yeah, put the Scott Farkas put hat on, on and do it. Yeah, put on that ear flaps hat that you were wearing. Uh, I got the Elmer Fudd hat. You know, yeah, little, that's what little, I mean. They're called, stormy, stormy, they're called Stormy you know Cromer caps. You might have to have stormy the CP Cromer. come out and take a selfie for you. <laughs> have you ever posted a photo to Twitter, Joe? Nope. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that might be a fun experiment. Somebody ought to take a selfie of me. Yeah. After what we lived through before today's broadcast, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think a selfie is in yeah. his uh, wheelhouse. Yeah. People think we worked an hour and a half. We're already into about our fourth hour. You would not believe it. Speaking of that, uh, hey, if you'd like to see more videos of that, subscribe to us on what do you mean, our YouTube delete? channel. I don't see a backspace button. <laughs> It's starting all over again. Uh, Yes, please subscribe to us on YouTube. That would be great. And thank you to all of you that have already done so. And also, uh, download the PodMN app. It's your opportunity to win wonderful prizes, courtesy of Garage Logic. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Instagram, Twitter. All the social media channels can be found on our website, which is, of course, garagelogic.com. Hey. Last day of Kate. Kate says goodbye. Oh, say goodbye it's to Kate's Kate. last Bye, show. Kate. Bye, Kate. Oh. Bye, Kate. Kate, say goodbye to Mittens. <laughs> <laughs>
It's that time of the program once again, GLers, where we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And you should check with him in today for that free 48-minute financial consultation. Do yourself a favor and give Mr. Money Talk a call at 952-925-5608. That's the place that you're always going to get straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh is on the line with us right now. And Josh, I have to tip my cap to you. You were exactly right about GameStop late last week. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What did I say? Take the money. For those of you who took the money, congratulations. Don't try to fight the tape. Don't try to fight what's going on. And definitely, if you're investing in any stock, in any asset, period, know what you're buying. The old maestro said, you definitely have to know the territory. And speaking of territory, if you want to track what some of the better investment people are doing, take a look. William O'Neill's Investment Business Daily or Investor's Business Daily, that gives you some very nice tips as to what to look for, what not to look for, for when you're picking individual stocks, particularly. I've always had a pension for going for growth-related assets, companies that are growing their revenues, earnings should follow, and that is a very big positive in tracking any company or any investment. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is. And there are numerous areas studiously avoided because of costs and or I don't understand the business. So I have tended to focus for a very long time on companies involved in the internet, companies involved in leisure, China-related businesses, real assets such as real estate and doing some short-term trading. And that has brought my clients and I some very good results over a long period of time, including we're still trending ahead of the S&P 500. This morning, a nice move up in UPS as UPS reported better than expected earnings. Their stock was up and that could give a little bit of a preview to favorite Amazon, which reports tonight. Amazon, according to uh, UPS, did a significant UPS's revenue generating $11.26 billion of UPS's revenue of $84.6 billion. Big, big numbers. Amazon is up ahead of their earnings. I do throw some caution, as I did when Apple reported, do be prepared for a little bit of pullback. If analysts are a little disappointed on some number coming from Amazon, particularly coming from Amazon's revenue and earnings guidance going forward. Amazon does have a pension for spending money to continue to expand their business. It is still growing at a very rapid rate. Amazon pull back after their earnings, even if they're tremendous like Apple's were, by the dip. In other pretty interesting news, company that I have uh, followed is not a lot of trading goes on, so this might be a little difficult to pick up shares, is Bally's. Sinclair Broadcasting bought Fox Regional Sports Networks and are going to be renaming them Bally Sport. This poses some very interesting potential going forward as Bally's does own casinos, is going to be offering sports betting online on some of these stations or as part of that. That could be a very interesting uh, sidelight. Locally, Fox Sports Network or Fox Fox Sports Network North will be renamed Bally Sports North as an example. So that could be a very interesting thing going forward. Bally definitely will get some advertising revenue, still get some gaming revenue, but it is going to you're going to need to be patient this to play out. And that's the kind of straight talk you're going to get each and every time that you make that phone call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. GLers, do yourself a favor and call him today. 
1-800-522-6608. Give him a call to get that straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Mr. Money Talk will always do you right. Josh, thank you so much for the time today, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thank you very much, Chris. Bye. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.